It's great to have you with us from wherever you're tuning in from. For more information about Elevate Church or to contact us, head to our website elevatechurch.me and take us wherever you go by downloading our Elevate Church AU app. We hope this message inspires and helps you to take your next steps in your journey. So in unexpected breaking news, we're launching a brand new series today called The World Spins Madly on Volume 2. Oh, that's me. Not a huge pivot because we just finished teaching a series called The World Spins Madly on Volume 1. So in fact, not a pivot at all, rather a continuation. The series Volume 1, we we really looked at a, a guy named Elijah. Now, Elijah was a prophet prophet is a spokesperson for God and he was actually considered and and even to this day kind of considered the goat the greatest among prophets the greatest of all time and uh, he was used incredibly by God to uh, see miracles happen some of them literally unprecedented Um, and uh, if you missed any of that series you can check that out on our podcast search Elevate Church Perth in any of your favourite podcast platforms and we'll be there. Now, today I want to jump on to 1 Kings chapter 19. So if you've got your smartphone camera, you can scan this flow code. It's going to take you to 1 Kings chapter 19 and I'm going to drop us into the New Living Translation. So while you're doing that, let me just give you a little bit of context. We're going to pick the story up from Elijah's life where he's kind of nearing the end of his journey and his chapter. And God has actually just said to him that he wants to appoint and anoint a successor to Elijah. And he actually tells him who that's going to be. Now, listen very carefully. Elijah, his successor is going to be Elisha. All right, we all got that? All right, just to be sure, say this after me, Elijah, Elisha. Don't ask me, wasn't my idea, but this is how things played out. So Elijah went and found Elisha, son of Shaphat, plowing a field. There were 12 teams of oxen in the field and Elisha was plowing with the 12th team. Elijah went over to him and threw his cloak across his shoulders and then walked away. This moment, let's go back, this moment right here. Understand, this is where the successor to the goat, Elijah, the successor, Elisha, this is where he enters the pages of history. I want you to notice what he's not doing. He's not standing up, teaching in the temple. He's not a minister in the court and the service of the king. No, he is standing behind two oxen plowing a field. If you can't get your head around that because you buy your meat from a supermarket, it would have looked something like this, all right? Wow, what a view. No corner office here for the successor to the goat. Uh, and uh, <clears throat> uh, what's that smell? Oh yes, it's the stuff I just stepped in whilst wearing my open-toed sandals. <clears throat> Nothing glamorous, everyday, 
pretty much the same as the one before, same view, same experience. Yeah, you can fill in the other bits, some of you with slightly twisted minds. My brain went there, but I'm not saying it. I'm on recorded microphone here. <laughs> but I wonder how many of us can relate. You know, teachers, you show up to work every day and you're looking at the exact same group of kids. And you're teaching them the same stuff in the same classroom and you're, think, and you're dealing with some of the same issues. And you're thinking to yourself, is this really God using me? Parents, hopefully, you're waking up to the same kids every day. And you're driving them to the same sporting practices and you're cooking them another meal and you're doing another load of laundry. Nothing glamorous. And thinking, is this, is this, is, am I really somebody that God wants to use? Those of you in the workforce, whether you're in an office setting or a retail setting, again, you're showing up every day to the same office space or the same retail space. You've got the same colleagues, the same boss and the same types of customers and clients. And again, we can just start to ask ourselves, am I really in a position that God can use me powerfully? And I wanna say this to you as we start to take a deep dive into the life of Elisha, don't allow your current perspective to overshadow God's purpose. Because there's something for Elisha beyond this beyond the circumstance, beyond the view, beyond his current experience up to this point in time. So Elijah has just walked up to him unannounced and thrown his own cloak around Elisha's shoulders. And Elisha left the oxen standing there, ran after Elijah and said to him, all right, first let me go and kiss my father and mother goodbye and then I'll go with you. So here's what Elisha would have known in this moment when Elijah threw his coat around him. He would have known that that act of taking off his own coat and draping that around the shoulders of Elisha was actually symbolic of him passing the baton. But it was the only thing Elisha would have known in that moment. No other details. Not where we're going, not when we're gonna get there, not what's gonna happen if we arrive. No details whatsoever. And I highlight that because that itself is actually a sticking point for a number of people. A number of people won't take the next step of faith because they want to know all the details ahead of time. Elisha only knew that a baton was being passed. That was it. And yet that was enough for him. He sensed God was in this for him to literally kiss his father and mother goodbye and start to follow Elijah. And then speaking of sticking points, whilst his life standing behind two oxen didn't appear glamorous, it would have been familiar it would have been consistent. It would have been predictable. And again, this is a sticking point because too many people place familiarity ahead of obedience. Like I would rather do less for God 
but know what's happening tomorrow than go on some wild and crazy adventure with God where I don't know what's happening tomorrow. Safety and security. And as a result, instead of taking steps of forward progress, what people in that situation end up doing is lapse, which feels like forward progress because you're taking steps, but they just happen to be the same steps that you took last week and last month and last year and last decade. And things seem very familiar to you. Thankfully, even though Elisha didn't know details, even though Elisha would have had a reasonably comfortable place, and I'll come back to a bit more of that, he chose to follow Elijah. And as a result, one moment he's following two oxen, as a result of his obedience and his trust, one moment he's following two oxen, and the next moment he's following the greatest of all time. And the only thing he did was obey. And I want us to understand this. You don't have to understand fully to obey immediately. And this word obey, I mean, don't throw this around too loosely in your marriage. Just a little tip. You must obey me. No, I must not. I may choose to, but I will not be forced to. <laughs> so, you know, You're welcome. But, but here, here's the thing that's important to understand is, so Elisha was called, obviously. You know, God had told Elijah that his successor was going to be Elisha, very specific, handpicked. Elijah went and found him, put his cloak around him, not just some random throw it up like a bouquet at a wedding and whoever catches it is the next prophet. Very specific, very specific calling. But here's the thing. Calling counts for nothing if it's not coupled with obedience. You can have the greatest calling in the world, but if you say no to that, that's it. Just the end of the line. It's game over. God might then find someone else, but you, you didn't even get to shoot your shot. That was it. No. See, being used by God has actually got more to do with our obedience than our ability. You can have all of the skills and experiences and capacity and spiritual gifts in the world. And by the way, I pray you do. But if you don't bring them to play on the field that God's calling you to, they are literally worthless. The, the greatest ability we can bring to God is availability. Yes, God, I'm here, use me. I will go where you lead me. And yeah, I'm gonna bring what I've got, like, you know, experience and skills and talents. But again, they count for nothing without availability. Now, I've been in various forms of church leadership for a long time. I'm talking like Moses long. And... Uh, I've, in that time, I've seen some incredibly talented people come in to the mix, whatever 
fear it is, whatever setting it is. Incredibly talented people come in and then they start doing their thing. And I've been like, wow, okay, that's impressive. You are skilled. You have capacity. You've got some, some game here. This is amazing. And I've seen too often those very same people disappear in a relatively short period of time. And I think, what a shame. I don't think, oh, 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 the church is doomed because Jesus promised that He will build His church. So we're all, sorry to acknowledge this, in, we're all dispensable, myself included. But we don't have to be. Here's the thing, shooting stars never build anything lasting. I'm, I'm all for, I want Gary Ablett's of the church world to be, to be a part of the mix. I want the, the, the next goats to be in the mix. I want the best of the best to be in the mix. But that's the key. Be in the mix. Stay in the mix. Because if you leave, you're a shooting star and then you're flamed out. Guess what? You will not build anything lasting because things worth building take time. Now, by comparison, I've seen countless far less impressive people show up, sign up and get in and stay in for years and sometimes decades. And what I've seen is they, by their consistent availability, have grown in their capacity, have grown in their skill set. God takes what they started with and starts to multiply it and starts to expand it. And they bring the same availability and they grow in their effectiveness. Calling counts for nothing if it's not coupled with obedience. So here's a question. Is there something in your rear view mirror, or maybe in your side mirror, or maybe sitting on your dashboard waiting for you to actually acknowledge its presence, a little bobblehead that you've previously said no to, or you've put off answering, hoping God won't notice. <laughs> Withdraw the offer. And you've said no, or you're procrastinating because you wanted all the details. And God said, no, it, 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 it doesn't come gift wrapped with the details. And, and I ain't apologizing for that. I want you to take a step of faith. I want you to trust me, not just once, but through the entire journey. You said no, we are procrastinating because you don't want to abandon comfort and familiarity. It might be SSDD, but it's still something that I can kind of cope with myself. There, I said it. Maybe you've said no, or you're procrastinating because you don't feel capable. Elisha, you want me to follow the goat? I'm just a plowing dude. You know, is it joining an Elevate team? God's, you know, joining an Elevate, well, you know, they're so good and I'm not. Jump into the ground level and, and just see what God does with that. Is it a business idea or a change of careers? You're like, well, you know, I don't really love the one I'm in, but at least I'm kind of, I know what I'm doing here. 
Is it a first step or a next step in giving financially? I need to know, God, that if we take this next step giving financially, that you will absolutely have our back. If only you wrote that down for us somewhere, that would be great. <laughs> then I'd believe it. You know, is it, is it a course of further education that, that will cause you to be, you know, upskill in, in whatever area it is? Or is it something else? But that's on this list. <clears throat> so, okay, this story gets wild. So Elisha returned to his oxen and slaughtered them. Hello. And he used the wood from the plow to build a fire to roast their flesh. Killed the cows. I mean, killed, burned the plows. Killed the cows. Killed the cows. Burned the plows. What? <laughs> Is this guy from Texas? <laughs> and he passed around the meat to the townspeople and they all ate. And then he went with Elijah as his assistant. What in the world is this all about? Killed the cows, burnt the plows. In 1519, Herman Cortez, a Spanish uh, uh, Navy commander, took a fleet of ships and the crew with them to the coast of Mexico with the orders to colonize that country. 1519, Herman Cortez. When he and his crew arrived on the shores of Mexico, they knew they had to go inland to conquer and colonize the Aztecs. I'm not voting for colonization, this is just what happened. <clears throat> And they knew it was going to be unfamiliar. They guessed it was going to be inhospitable and they probably figured they were going to be met with some opposition. So Herman Cortez burnt all of the ships. No plan B. No turning back. And so whilst... The oxen were hitched to the plow. Elijah's history was hitched to the oxen. This was the family business. In fact, in those days, to own one oxen indicated you were quite well off as a family. But to own 24 indicated you were extremely wealthy. So Elisha, if things didn't work out in the prophet world, if the new career didn't kind of work out for him, if this calling didn't kind of turn out all it was sort of promised to be, he had a very, very, very comfortable safety net. He had the superannuation fund to handle superannuation funds. He could have just said, stop this, I'm going back to the oxen. <laughs> but he burnt the oxen. He burnt any plan B. For him, it was no turning back. Now, I've shared that when I was 26, I quit my corporate job. My parents' hopes and dreams were shattered when I told them I was going to go to Bible college and they asked me, what happens if it doesn't work out? And I said, I haven't even considered that. I, this is it. I'm burning the plows. No turning back. Some of you have left friends and family from 
interstate or overseas to come to Perth and ultimately to Elevate, you left familiar, you left comfort and you didn't even know what was gonna be here for you, but you had a sense that God was calling you and you obeyed and you're starting to see His purposes outworked increasingly in your life. For you, you burnt the plows. You didn't buy a return ticket. (laughs) Well played. Some of you, there's a toxic relationship and it's time to burn the plows and call it done. That you're tethered to that and it's holding you back from you going into the next chapter of your calling and your destiny. For some of you, there's maybe some old or small or destructive thinking that's been holding you back and you need to burn the plows by by investing in some counselling. And people say to me, but doesn't counselling cost money? And I say, but doesn't destructive thinking cost everything else? Cost opportunity, cost purpose, cost joy, cost peace? This isn't a cost. This is an investment in your your freedom. This is an investment in the next step of your destiny. 50 bucks, 100 bucks, sell something. Auction. Whatever it takes. Burn the plows. You know, I know of people who have literally gone back to using a dumb phone You'll know what I'm talking about. One that just makes phone calls and sends text messages that take 75 minutes to type one word. (laughs) Because they have a pornography addiction and carrying a high resolution pocket sized computer around with them isn't working because they've got 24 seven access to the internet. And so they've burnt the plows and decided to to forfeit all of the other magical conveniences that come with a smartphone. Can't scan the flow code. Can't get the Bible app. Guess I'll have to bring a paper one. Yeah, if that's what it takes, burn the plows. How, how, How amazing is that? What do they do when they go to the toilet? I don't know. I don't want to know. They count the tiles. Who knew? Heard a story this week of a family. They had bought a holiday home on the the river and they'd bought a boat to go with the holiday home on the river. And this family would spend every weekend throughout summer at the holiday home every weekend and therefore not be actively involved in their church all summer long. And one day the the then nine-year-old daughter said to her dad, dad, why is it we only love God and throughout the year, but we don't love God during the summertime? (laughs) Dad sold the holiday home and the boat that week, reset priorities, burnt the plows, no turning back. But here's full disclosure. Obedience isn't always easy. Obedience will likely cost you something. What do you think the people around this, well, until they got given free food, but up to that point, at that point, they're thinking, this is a horrendous idea. But up to that point, they're thinking, this is a stupid idea. 
have some ribs. <laughs> okay, God bless you, Elisha. Been praying for you. But, but up to that point, it's quite plausible that the people around him, including his parents, were thinking, what are you doing? And he said, I'm being obedient. And they're like, what? Sometimes the people in your sphere will question you because of your obedience. But obedience is the critical ingredient to you stepping into greater kingdom purpose. All right, final thought for today. Here's Elisha about to step into the cloak of the greatest of all time, Elijah. (laughs) And he has the nerve, well, I'll call it nerve. Probably it's not nerve. I'll call it nerve just for dramatic purposes. He has the nerve to effectively pray one of the boldest, most audacious prayers ever prayed in recorded history. Check this. When they came to the other side, Elijah and Elisha, Elijah said to Elisha, tell me what I can do for you before I'm taken away. It's like any last request. It's like, I'll grant you one wish. Rub the bottle, rub the cloak, poof. And Elisha replied, please let me inherit a double share of your spirit and become your successor. Listen, Elijah was the first person to ever pray for someone in recorded history and have that person come back from the dead. I'd sign up just for that. Elijah prayed that God would turn off the tap of rain and he turned the tap off. Okay, give me that one. Uh, Then prayed later on that fire would come down from heaven and burn meat and it did. Well, okay, I'll take that. Uh, Then prayed for God to turn the tap back on and there was like rain, but like traffic stopping rain. Okay, well, then that one then. In fact, in Elijah's lifetime, he was credited with being involved in 12 recorded miracles. Buckle up, people. Elisha, throughout his lifetime, was recorded as being involved in 24 recorded miracles. Miracles, precisely double. So here's my encouragement to you. Why pray for one when you can pray for 24? And, and, and it wasn't a selfish prayer. I mean, the, so I just give me more so I can have more. The miracles that Elisha was involved in, as we'll come to see in the next few weeks, weren't for him. So why not ask for more? God, don't just do more for me. Don't just do more in me, but God, I want you to do more through me. I'm gonna show up. I'm gonna give you my availability. You're calling, I'm answering. You're phoning, I'm picking up. Where are we going? What's next? I'm in, I am all in. Well, something you wanna pray for as we start this journey? Yeah, come to think of it. I want the Elisha level capacity and faith. That'd be great. Okay. I don't know if that's what you're gonna get. I ain't God. Don't say God's no for him. Whatever happens, over the next few weeks, I want you to be here because you're gonna be inspired and you're gonna be given opportunities, not by me, but by God 
to actually say yes, to actually obey. Might be some stuff in the rearview mirror, might be some stuff in the blind spot in the side mirror. I think they've solved that problem and put the sticker on objects in this mirror may seem smaller than they appear. Which by the way, when I preach on fear that the devil brings, that's what it's gonna be called. That message is gonna be called objects in this mirror are actually smaller than they appear. But that's a message for another time. I just thought of that. I'm good, you're right. Now I thought about a long time ago. Still in the slow cooker. Uh, but know that there's more capacity that God wants to bring out in you. There's more effectiveness that God wants to build through you. So following Elisha's lead, we're gonna be encouraged to step away from our security and step more towards our destiny. Okay, all right. Final thing, we say this, when we launch a new series, we talk about the Bible plan. So throw that up, team. Uh, there's a QR code. Now, this is the Bible app. If you have a dumb phone, this is worthless to you. Uh, but if you have a smartphone, you can scan this very QR code. You have to have the Bible app installed. You'll see this icon in Apple or Google stores. And uh, when you scan this, it'll allow you to set Elevate Church in a section or a feature they call My Church. And... Uh, We've been doing this for the last maybe six-ish plus months, and it's just great. What, we've, what we do is every Monday, we put in a featured plan, like a Bible plan, like a devotional if you're a bit old school, a devo if you've been in youth ministry, um, a, a devo if you don't know how to pronounce devo properly, and you've only ever read it on paper. Oh, I thought it was devo. No, that means something very different, Mom. Oh, silly me. Anyway, uh, it's gonna have a Bible plan. We put a new Bible plan every Monday that mirrors or echoes or follows on from what we've taught on the weekend. And you can go with that. I do most of these, meaning like read them and, and use them during the week. Growing number of you do, which is brilliant. People are starting to connect with each other, which you can do. There's a social aspect within the Bible app. You can encourage one another and so on and so forth. So scan this, it's all there. Tomorrow there'll be a brand new uh, Bible reading plan probably called Elisha, A Tale of Ridiculous Faith. I think, look out for that. And if it's not that, it's because I changed my mind. A lot could happen in 24 hours, people. Anyway, right, next week, at this stage, next week, we're gonna continue this series. I say at this stage, because you know, a lot can happen in seven days. We really hope you got a lot out of this message. If you live in the Perth area, we'd love for you to join one of our live experiences. For times and directions, as well as information, head to our website, elevatechurch.me. For those of you beyond the Perth area, we'd love for you to connect with our online experience, which premieres every Sunday via YouTube and Facebook Live, and on demand immediately after. And to partner with us to reach more people by giving financially, head to our website, elevatechurch.me and also download our Elevate Church AU app.